Welcome to the Cabling Podcast. Remember to punch down on that like button. And also, subscribe to Cabling News. So we know that uh, last year, uh, Cable Labs and, its, and SCTE submitted several specifications, uh, publishes standards. Um, going forward in 2023, how do, how do you see these advancements will free vendors to innovate on uh, modules uh, placed into fiber nodes uh, while supporting the rollout of, of DOCSIS 4.0 tech and uh, and cementing it as an international standard? Yeah, all right. So, you know, let me, uh, let me address the last part of that first. Um, how do we make this an international standard? Um, that's actually already happened. Um, DOCSIS 4.0 is, uh, is an ITU recommendation now, and it's also part of the Etsy. Um, yeah, I think it's the Etsy, uh, family of standards. So that was the easy part though, right? I think the real important part of the question is how do we make this an international broad deployed, uh, technology? And that doesn't happen without, uh, without, uh, new taps, at least in the case of the extended spectrum doxis that goes up to 1.8 gigahertz. And it certainly doesn't happen without uh, new amplifiers, amplifiers that uh, either contain uh, echo cancellation in the case of uh, full duplex mode or uh, something that in, in, uh, amplifies signals up to 684 in the upstream and 1.8 in the downstream. And so it's uh, it's those two outside components that the SCTE really focused on last year, and uh, there was a, a, a tap standard published and an amplifier standard published, and there's an, another standard underway right now, and, and we're generically I don't know the specific title, but it's called the Smart Amp. You know, so imagine that all of your amplifiers out in the field are capable of reporting back you know, noise conditions that they're experiencing or power conditions or or uh, really performance, right? Be able to capture um, upstream spectrum uh, on a burst or something like that. And so it's not just these child nodes that are, uh, are becoming intelligent, the amps are becoming intelligent as well. So these, these standards, which for SCTE typically focus on the outside plant, um, is they're going to help to create a, a, a highly intelligent um, DOCSIS-based HFC network for cable operators. So lots of great work there. Um, and and uh, the SmartAMP is really the next one that should come out of SCTE. Excellent. Thanks for uh, pointing that out and connecting uh, those uh, dots uh, for us. Um, another question, could you describe the finer points of the recent point-to-point -point coherent optics or P2P CO validation where uh, Cable Labs validated the interoperability and performance of its P2P CO 5V.2. Yeah, that, that's a lot of, that's a lot of letters, a lot of acronyms yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so coherent, right? Let me just provide a little background. Um, capacities, speeds in, uh, in access networks are, increasing at an extremely rapid pace. And uh, we believe that coherent is where the technology needs to go in the future to support the capacities that we expect to see in the access network. You can see right away that when you put a DOCSIS 4.0 um, remote FI device, for example, out in the field, you got to backhaul 
you know, 10 gigabits per second, potentially um, bi-directionally from that edge device back to your hub site, back to your, your, your v, v core, for example. And you don't just have one of these devices out in the field, you have a bunch of devices in the field. And so pretty quickly, uh, you, you can ramp up to 10 to 20 devices that uh, each deliver 10 gigabits per second. There are solutions that exist today in the form of, uh, you know, virtual virtual links in the form of uh, uh, wavelengths on the DWDM grid. But we believe that going forward, coherent is going to be where it's at. And so the uh, the real use case for the coherent technology, the point to point version of it, is really to aggregate the data from all of these edge devices put it on a, a 100 or a 200, maybe even a 400 gigabit per second link between the, the, the what we call an aggregation node and, uh, and the hub. And so we've been working on Coherent for quite a few years. We started on uh, version one, which is 100 gig, had some interoperability events there too. We did a 200 gig, and that's what the 5v2 point-to-point uh, -point coherent spec is about. And so early in uh, 2022, um, maybe uh, February, March, I don't remember, um, was the first time that we could get vendors together because of the pandemic, really. It was the first time we brought uh, five vendors together that developed these uh, these 200 gigabits per second uh, coherent transceivers. And, uh, and I, I have to say, and there's a blog, uh, Matt, who ran this project, wrote a blog about it. I think the interop ended early that week. It's one of the few times that we've had an interop actually end early because people got together and we we plugged everything in and swapped everything out and and uh, and it, and it just worked. And so from that perspective, it really showed the uh, not only the value of the cable lab specification, but also the preparedness of the vendor community that that develops these devices. So um, it was uh, it was one of our fantastic interops. Um, as you know, we do a lot of them. And as I mentioned, this is this is one that ended early. So, you know, people either went home early or I don't know, maybe they went out and partied and celebrated the uh, uh, the ease with which these transceivers communicated with each other. Right. Well, uh, thanks for that background on the point-to-point -point and the uh, coherent uh, optics. Uh, it's certainly uh, been uh, an area of uh, focus for us, and I think we'll be covering it more. And uh, the last thing I really wanted to ask you, Curtis, today is a, a, a recap and some reflections on a couple of uh, uh, events Cable Labs also did in 2022. I'm talking about the 10G Challenge and the 5G Challenge. Okay. Yeah, so to recap, uh, those are obviously two different events, and uh, uh, it's and it's different from that 10G showcase that we we talked about early in our conversation. The 10G challenge was really about money, right? About awarding uh, awarding innovators for fantastic ideas that, in their mind, uh, will leverage the benefits of a 10G network. And so, I, I want to say we launched this thing. Um, probably eight, 18 months uh, before Expo. And then we announced the winners at Expo. So what, what is it, right? People 
people uh, could generate uh, demonstrations of applications which they viewed as um, uh, using the Tenji platform. There were four categories and, and then a grand prize and a people's choice award. Uh, the four categories were the live, learn, work, and play. All right, so there, there was that. We had over 100 submissions um, for this particular 10G challenge. Uh, some of those didn't quite meet the rules of the competition, but uh, a large number of them did. And with the help of some industry companies like Intel and Mayo Clinic and Zoom, um, who helped judge and Corning, um, who helped judge the the winning applications or the winning demos, we managed to to pick winners there, and and they walked away with some money in their pocket. It was actually a a really a really fun event and and a fun celebration at Expo. Um, so that's the 10G challenge, right? right? We had this 5G challenge. And, you know, at Cable Labs, we have a growing, uh, growing a number of people that are focusing on mobile, because, you know, half of our Cable Labs membership are mobile operators as well. And uh, you probably know, Matt, that there's a ORAN, right? There's a, there's a move afoot that that we want to have interoperable components that reduces the cost and uh, allows operators to rapidly deploy solutions. And so this 5G challenge was uh, actually an industry event that uh, was funded by the federal government. And so that that was a first. And uh, and it was def most definitely a, uh, a first of its kind event that was very well received by the industry. And the 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 target of this particular challenge really was the uh, the ORAN vendor ecosystem, mm -hmm. and they uh, they reacted very positively to how this challenge was run. It was run by uh, by Cable Labs and Curio, um, and they were also uh, very positive about the outcomes, which is to say that the the level of integration achieved was was much better and in a shorter period of time than typical ORAN plug fests. And so that's a, that's kind of the vendor response. The federal government response was also super positive. Um, and th this, the, the specific government agency was NTIA. And uh, they, they started to get uh, interest from other government agencies as a result of this particular challenge, the way it was run, the results that were achieved um, during this. And so um, the the really nice thing about uh, the outcome of the this first 5G challenge is that there's going to be another 5G challenge, and uh, that challenge and and the, the the contract between the government and Cable Labs and Curio will has been renewed, uh, and so Cable Labs will once again host the 5G challenge for 2023. So yeah. what, better, what better indication of success than, you know, have the customer come back and uh, and renew the contract for another one, right? Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, I know Cable Labs does that for as much uh, coverage as we give uh, rightfully 10G. I know that uh, Cable Labs has been doing a lot on the, on the 5G and the wireless uh, side. Uh, you know, we uh, we cover that, too. And I know that the federal government has been doing a lot of 5G stuff because we just uh, recently ran a story about a GDIT, General Dyn Dynamics IT, and a technology coalition they have going with AWS and uh, uh, Cisco and some others to uh, 
to bring 5G and edge technologies into federal buildings. So uh, it sounds like it's the same sphere of technology. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, sounds like it. Innovation, but... Yeah. Well, Curtis, I really want to thank you for uh, joining us today on the uh, BTR podcast. Um, any uh, closing points you'd like to uh, leave our audience with? Oh, gosh, it's uh, it's early in 2023. Uh, I would say that we've got uh, a lot of success ahead of us, um, both in terms of getting DOCSIS 4.0 deployed, uh, which we anticipate that happening on a more wider scale. Um, at the end of 2023. So that's that's super cool. Um, fiber, uh, all fiber, fiber to the home technologies. We've got some activities developing in, in fiber to the home and, and they include things like, you know, how do we simplify things for our own operators in the traditional fiber to the prem technology? And then what's the future of fiber to the prem gonna look like? And as you might guess and listeners might guess, um, we believe the future of fiber to the prem is going to rely also on that coherent optics technology. And so we're developing specs there for the first uh, coherent fiber to the prem technology and uh, single wavelength, 100 gig and et cetera, et cetera, longer reach, higher split, et cetera. So um, look for those, uh, look for events throughout the year where Cable Labs people are speaking and talking about a lot of the good stuff that's going on, not only at Cable Labs, but across the entire industry. Will do, and absolutely. Thanks again to Curtis Niddle and Cable Labs. 